are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to today's free podcast powered by CRTV here on iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. My name is Steve Dace. And very soon, we will be adding another major platform to this podcast, courtesy of one of the biggest uh, platforms uh, in the broadcasting industry. Westwood One will take over the uh, promotion and marketing and distribution um, for our podcast here very shortly. I don't know the exact date yet, but that deal is done. I don't know the exact date that uh, they will assume uh, the, uh, the navigation, the helm, but we are obviously very excited about that given the, uh, the arsenal and weaponry they have at their disposal we are greatly looking forward to them um, providing uh, the uh, the infrastructure to take our free podcast every day to the next level. So we got to also thank all of you. I mean, if, if we didn't already have enough of an audience uh, to get on their radar in the first place, and that's all of you that are here with us already, um, if, if you weren't here and there weren't enough of you to even get on their radar in the first place, this would not be happening. So uh, as well as our uh, overlords at CRTV, in fact, uh, Westwood One's going to be doing this not just for our show, but uh, several other podcasts here on uh, CR as well. So we are very, very excited about the possibility of exposure and growing our audience that Westwood One um, provides for us. And just want to say thank you to all of you, both at the CR and also in the audience today, that uh, that made this possible for us. We're very excited about this. Yeah, that's um, another feather in the cap of uh, what we're trying to accomplish. You're never quite certain from day to day uh, on what the tea leaves are telling you, but this is uh, this is a huge positive, I would think. Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm excited for where this can go. I mean, it, this uh, when we uh, opened up this podcast a few months ago for uh, for free for you, um, we obviously um, just the nature of uh, the, the transition that we made. We lost a lot of that online audience, but I look at the stats every day, and we're slowly starting to climb back. But uh, whether we were on radio with the Salem Radio Network um, uh, last year around this time, or now we're doing this uh, all pretty much on demand and partnering with Westwood One, uh, none of this can be done for free. And we've had this talk before. This is capitalism, baby. Um, Whether it's advertisers supporting us or subscribers supporting us, this is being underwritten by someone. So if you enjoy this free podcast, we just humbly, I, I personally, I ask you whether it's sharing it on your social feeds or just telling a friend about it at work or something like that. Really, it really does help us to get the word out. And it really does help us in the end keep producing this content if you share it so if you like it please share it whether it's online or in person talk about it um, if you absolutely can 
So we're very excited about that. Also, we're excited about today's CRTV show that we just wrapped up taping, which you can access today at CRTV.com, promo code DACE. That's a great Christmas gift, if I do say so myself, for uh, either yourself or the patriot in your life that you're looking for something new. Because you won't just get access to our show every day, but all of the shows, including the great one, Mark Levin, the whole team here, at CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Give the audience a little taste of what's to come, Todd. Well, I learned that uh, the greatest conservative slash Republican victory of all has been uh, reached in quite some time because now apparently Democrats are really super concerned about deficits. <laughs> yep. Um, we have, uh, this is not confirmation bias, but uh, we've been talking for years about uh, the, the state of manhood in the United States, and we're seeing what uh, what havoc uh, this poor state is, is wreaking right now of manhood and we had a great conversation with the owen strain uh the council for biblical manhood and womanhood about that on the show as well really i can't understand we say every all of our conversations are great this one was exceptional uh we'll probably actually pull um a, a, a promo from it that you can find on our social feeds you'll want to you'll want to watch that if possible so that's coming up today, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Use my name, get that discounted subscription today. We do have monthly subscription options as well, if that's more affordable in your budget, just in time for the holidays. Oh, and if you use that promo code DACE, you get to drink me, right? Don't we give you a free coffee mug of me? This is an audio meeting medium, so that sounds even more weird right now. <laughs> well, I'm drinking me right now. A cup with my, with my own, a mug with my mug. That's what you get. A mug with my mug. It's See, a cool we, mug. It's a good mug. It's a good looking mug. It is it, because, well, thank you. But uh, we we pull out, uh, despite my presence upon it, we pull out all of the stops here at CR, all, all of them. CRTV.com, promo code Dace. All right, gentlemen. Friday afternoon, there was a major breaking news story, and I'm glad that we did not. I, I contemplated calling Aaron Friday morning. Because we actually had the script for the Dace group. When I say script, not, for the audience, doesn't mean like you were reading lines of prepared lines. Script meaning the topics that we were going to discuss so you guys could know and research. We had them uh, set up on Thursday night. And then when I saw the news that Mike Flynn had pled guilty to Robert Mueller, the independent counsel's um, grand jury, for lying to the FBI, I contemplated calling Aaron that morning and saying, hey, Obviously, this is major news. We got to update the roundtable. I chose not to do it. And I chose not to do it because I I wanted us to have time to correctly digest what this may or may not mean. And then, lo and behold, the decision I made turned out, in this case, to be the right one because Brian Ross of ABC, whose narrative, his, his breaking news story, was really the narrative on this story yep. most of Friday. Most of the Friday news cycle was driven by Brian Ross's exclusive report on ABC News. And essentially his exclusive report boiled down to Flynn was testifying that candidate Trump lied about uh, colluding and talking to the Russians as opposed to President-elect Trump. Obviously those are, (laughs) I mean, you know, hey, I saw you having sex with a woman last night, Dace. Sounds like a big story until they tell you I was peeking through your bedroom window and it was your wife. Don't you think that's a distinction we might want to include in the report? Don't you think? Indeed. There's a big distinction there. Wife, not wife. Wife, not wife. Wife, not wife. Wife, not wife. One's a breaking news story. The other's like TMI. 
Okay, one's a blog, the other one, the other one's a block. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that seems like a pretty important detail to get not get wrong, but they did. Stock market goes down. The views having you know hot flashes. People, I mean, the liberal media is giddy. It's not true. ABC issues a retraction. Brian Ross gets suspended for four weeks without pay, and now maybe out of a job. So my instincts of let's not rush to ready fire aim here turned out in this case to be true but now we've had a full 72 hours to soak all this in i tweeted something out over the weekend that is still my position here on a monday afternoon i don't know what to think i I mean it, it seems pretty and you know the way I, you guys know the way I analyze things. I tend to analyze things in, in, on just the way my mind is built and constructed strategically. I, I, so I tend to analyze things, not just as standalone moments, but what their outcome would be and what may happen as a result of this event. Okay. Um, when I analyze the outcomes here, to me, I see, I see only two possibilities. And, and let's start there. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree. To me, the only two possibilities are the Mueller investigation is wrapping up soon. There really is no there there. And Mike Flynn lied to the FBI, which is a crime, but doesn't necessarily mean he was lying to the FBI to cover up a crime. Now, I I don't know why a man with his credentials, career, resume, what he has to lose. I don't know why he would lie to the FBI if it weren't to cover up a crime, but it ain't like we've seen a lot of stupidity in our country in recent years either. You know what I'm saying? So I would necess- So while I have a hard time believing he would lie except to cover up what he thought, at least if it's not a crime, at least he thought it was a crime. At the same time, this is the era of stupid is the stupid does. So I'd, I'd kind of like to wait and see that play out. Or Mike Flynn is Sammy the Bull. And we're going to sing, sing, sing and make music in the, in the Mueller grand jury room. I don't see, and if that's the case, man, if, I, if my last name was Kushner. I hear Moscow is nice this time of yeah, year. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be talking to uh, Papa Daddy about a preemptive pardon, Googling prison abs. I might be doing that, okay? I don't see a third option. Am I wrong? I might be wrong. I, but to me, this thing's either over pretty soon, because what did I say from the beginning? There's two narratives from two conclusions here. Montefort and Flynn are the top of the food chain or Montefort and Flynn get flipped for somebody within Trump's family's inner circle. That's the top of the food chain. We all agreed when I said this a few months ago that that was the ultimate conclusion here, right? We did say that at the time. Are, Are we still all in agreement on that? I think so. Okay, well, if that's so, if that's the if that's the meta narrative that we're going with, then I don't see any options other than the two I just presented. Either Flynn pled guilty to something, or pled guilty to committing a crime, but he didn't. He didn't. But there wasn't another crime other than he lied to the FBI, and the Mueller investigation will be wrapping up soon. Or he is Sammy the Bull. Is there a third option, Todd? No, I don't think so, and I know Aaron and I back way back whenever this started were in nothing burger land yep and I, then i we both kind of came closer to you steven that it was it, 
just stupid after stupid after stupid, uh, and, and sooner or later you tripped into something, a crime of, uh, on some level, um, because you just you were a frat boy, frat boy who got way in over your head. And now I'm going back to something closer to Nothing Burger, uh, which is remarkable. But I think. I really think, and I said this before, weeks ago, months ago, I don't know, that Mueller may just get into this thing and just, I mean, as you, you laid out, I mean, this guy is can play hardball, and he's uh, buttoned up, he knows his stuff, he knows what a bad guy looks like, and I think he's just going to be shocked at the level of just dumb assery and nothing more. That this ultimately, I mean, would dumbassery include the president of the United States on a Saturday afternoon tweeting out a potential timeline for how he committed obstruction of justice? Because that happened. Yeah, I, I, I was flabbergasted when I read the tweet. I mean, he literally says that he knew Flynn had lied to the FBI. While he fired Comey. See, that's the Democrats' whole narrative. The Democrats' whole narrative is Trump fired Comey to cover up his own team lying to the FBI. And he tweeted, that's exactly what happened. I know. This is like the case where you have um, somebody comes out with a a, a terrible tale of of abduction or something like this. And you see these stories semi-frequently. And then the police talk to them. And they're, they get the same story or different stories from the same person so many different times that they realize that the whole thing is just a fraud and this is just a liar. And I, this, Donald Trump gives so many different versions of the truth. And all these other guys do too that it's, uh, he's going to just come to the conclusion. You can't, you, you've got to be, a, a better liar has got to be part of the game to try to cover up a real crime if there's no crime that the quality of the lying ultimately doesn't matter actually you'd expect a bad liar from somebody who didn't commit a crime and is just a doofus and that's what these are yeah i think your analysis is right if i can butt in here real quick i think your analysis is right this is like but but this is like when you're first learning algebra solve for x and you're given you know three or four different possibilities and one of them is i don't have enough information well this is this is you know this is letter d i don't have enough information yet but there are i I think you're right there are two possible outcomes to this and Basically, if I can boil them down, I, I would say it's either going to be, oops, we're stupid, but we accidentally avoided doing uh, something criminal uh, involving another uh, foreign uh, government, or oops, um, we actually did something uh, criminal with another foreign government. Either way, uh, the the campaign was made up of, I think, a bunch of doofuses, and regardless, I don't think I, there is anybody um, with the wherewithal to actively... Um, court a foreign government um, to help with their campaign and I don't think there's anybody with the wherewithal in that campaign to uh, avoid doing that either if that makes sense so either way there's a lot of buffoonery uh, if, if there's um, if there's any collusion uh, it was oops we did it or oops we didn't do it so let's remind our audience the timetable of this story of when it really went to the level we're at now, where we have 
arguably the most decorated living federal prosecutor in America with carte blanche near autonomy to go after the Trump administration. How did we get to that point? How did we get from a Democrat talking point at this time last year where they're crying in their beer and we're bathing in their tears, right? To a guy who took down the gaudy crime family now with even more, he's got even more subpoena resources, even less restraint as, as an independent counsel than he, does, than he did going after the mob to investigate this matter. How did we get to this point? It all comes down to a chain of events that had happened back in May over six months ago. And man, I remember this day very well. I think I've told this story a couple of times before, but I'll reset it just to put it into a proper context. So here at our, here at our offices, I have sat uplink at our office. So I don't have to go somewhere else to do cable news interviews. I can, sometimes I've even stepped out here and we've just taken breaks and I've just gone into my, the sat uplink we have over here and just done an interview, right? So I'm sitting over in, in the sat uplink chair in the office adjacent to ours. And I'm getting ready to go. I, I can't remember if it was CNN or Headline News. It was one of the two. And I always conflate them because they're the same company and I can't even remember which one is which. And I'm getting ready to light John Podesta up like it's Christmas for Memorial Day. The Chief Clintonista, you know, the guy of password one, two, three, four fame, that guy. All right. The Russians hacked me. Your password was one that was password one, two, three. So everyone hacks you, doofus. Your name ought to be hack, pun intended. Anyway, um, I'm getting ready to light him up because Comey, this was like the day after Comey was fired, I think. And that morning of Comey's firing, he had tweeted out what a terrible FBI director James Comey was. He had cost Hillary Clinton the election. He's got to go. Five o'clock or six, dinner time around that time, that same day, now that Trump has fired Comey, Podesta's on his same Twitter account. This is like Watergate and the Saturday Night Massacre all over again. You know, one of my favorite Twitter memes is life comes at you fast, bro, and you call people out for their hypocrisy. That's a mind love, mind numbing level, right? As the hottie in the movie uh, Weird Science once said, that's a mind scrambla. You go from this guy threatened our democracy by taking down the Hillary presidency, he's got to go, to when he does go, now the guy who did it is Nixon and Watergate in six hours. And I'm, I mean, I'm sitting there like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers. I'm cracking my knuckles. In fact, my biggest worry as I'm going on the air is I have so many good one-liners to bury this guy. I'm concerned I'm going to trip over my own phallus on the air because I won't be able to pick one. They'll all just come to my head at once. They'll be like a bum rush I of wish, great ideas. I wish everyone had that problem. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there trying to calm my mind down to pick, pick the best one. Don't try to say three of them at once. And right as we're going on the air, literally... Uh, two minutes, Mr. Dace. 30 seconds later. Uh, can you hold, please? We're going to push this segment back. The president's doing an interview on NBC. And it's Lester Holt of the White House. Told to come hither by the president himself. Who goes on national television and says. I didn't use Associate Attorney, or Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's recommendation to fire James Comey. 
I did it myself. And see, that's key because that was the whole narrative to justify firing Comey other than I didn't like him looking into the Russian thing because we did a departmental review. We wanted to make a change and Rosenstein did the review and, you know, uh, he had to do the review because Jeff Sessions recused himself back in January. And so Rosenstein's review was we need to make a change. And the president acted on his right. That was the narrative that his staff had laid out for him. Instead, Trump said, yes, I am Iron Man. I yeah. So Trump calls Lester Holt to go all Colonel Jessup. You're damn right I issued the code red. <laughs> he even, when Holt says to him, well, what if, he even, actually, Holt did not ask. Involuntarily, Trump offers up, oh, by the way, even if Rosenstein had recommended not firing Comey, I would have done it anyway. And I'm sitting in that chair over there in our sad blink office, my face in my hands. And I've gone from which of these I'm sure are brilliant, seven one-liners, I'm going to drop bomb on John Podesta's scalp to, I can't even with these people. Because I knew what was going to happen next. You'll recall, I came in here to finish our show and I said, we will get an independent counsel. The very next Day And remember, I'd been arguing for months against an independent counsel. I did not want one. Because in, in general, I'm opposed to them. They're, most of the time, they're cop-outs from partisans who want someone else to do their dirty work for them. No, you got elected. We have a Senate and a House. They have oversight even of the White House. Let's have some hearings. Put them up on YouTube and so everybody can watch them on their lunch breaks. Have them on all the cable news networks. You ask your questions. Let them bring their answers. Total transparency. Let's not pawn this off on another NGO. Okay? And I tried to make the argument bipartisan aren't you republicans didn't you get enough of lawrence walsh aren't you democrats didn't you get enough of ken Starr? remember all the blogs i wrote about this and i did interviews on cable news no we don't want an independent counsel right after he said that i came in here and i told you guys there's going to be an independent counsel the very next day they hired one and they didn't just hire one they hired a guy who's kind of above reproach and a total badass who's like jack armstrong all-american boy He's like a caricature of Americana. And then very quickly you said, now that we have one, we're going to get indictments. Yeah, and then I said, there will be at least someone indicted. Whether they're guilty or not will end an indictment. They have to justify it. They have to justify it. Then I told you there would be multiple indictments. And then I told you that there's one of two outcomes ultimately here. Monafort and Flynn are the top of the food chain, or they are the people flipped to get to who Mueller believes is the top of the food chain. And that's where we are now. See, once Rosenstein was, once Trump brought Rosenstein's testimony into dispute with the narrative, Rosenstein had to recuse himself as well because he can't obviously investigate a matter that now the president of the United States has said he is an accessory to. The president of the United States is why there is this independent counsel. His staff had the, the Comey matter squashed. He just needed to keep his mouth shut for 48 hours and he couldn't do it. And he called Lester Holt over and said, you're damn right, I'm Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men, and I ordered the code red. How you like them apples? And ever since he did that, we have been on this road, whatever this road is that we're on now, this primrose path, we have been on this road ever since. And now he's in a situation where he has to hope 
the most arguably the most decorated living prosecutor in America doesn't have anything on him because he can't fire him. You keep hearing people say Trump's going to fire him. He can't. That's fake news. The president needs someone at Justice Department to fire him on his behalf. He cannot. That's why the term, guys, independent counsel. What's the first word in there? Independent. Independent. What's independent mean? I look, look it up. I Google it. Uh, it means independent. That's what it means, guys. He doesn't work for the White House. Okay? He is independent of the White House. He works for the Justice Department. The acting director of the Justice Department has to fire Comb or has to fire Mueller. And that's where you get into the Saturday Night Massacre situation where Nixon kept trying to find somebody, an acting attorney general, who would fire the independent counsel. And what did they fire? Three of them before they finally came to the one that would actually do it. Okay. Yeah. And this all happened on a Saturday night. That's what the, for those that don't know the history where that reference is, that's what that means. So right now, that acting deputy is Rosenstein, not Sessions. So Rosenstein would have to agree to fire Mueller. If he won't do it, then Trump would have to fire him, hire someone else. And that is where you start getting into Nixonian territory. So they're behind a rocket. Once they went down this road, the hope has to be Mueller. There's no there there because the deck is totally stacked against the president now. That's just the reality of this. So I go back laying all that out now. Do you really believe Mike Flynn would plead guilty to lying to the FBI if he wasn't lying to cover up what he thought was a crime? Do you really believe he would have done that? Do you think he's that dumb? That shallow? Because that's really the question here, isn't it? Isn't that really the question? Really? I think he might be that broken. Which is a different thing than dumb. See, yeah, I do. In a normal environment, I'd never believe that was possible. Two years ago, I wouldn't either. I, I, no, yeah, I yes, but we're, we're, we're understand we're talking about a guy that left the Pentagon to go work for two of the most vile human beings on the planet right now. The wannabe caliphate dude in uh, Turkey who beats up our people and Putin. So we're not really talking about a normal situation here. Meaning he might have lied to the FBI not to cover up a crime from the Trump administration, but to cover his own ass because of his own shady dealings and who he was surrounded by. That's something we have to consider because we are talking about a level of brokenness and how Trump allowed this, these kinds of people into his inner orbit is to me, that's the most damning thing about this. I'm, I know this would sound nuts, Aaron, I would actually be more comforted by the narrative of Trump is a um, sinister Svengali that worked Putin to grab, to obtain the U.S. press. Because that would show some point of coordination, preemption, uh, brilliance, craftiness, you know, cunning. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. I'm far more troubled by We're just this dumb. We're just this so out of our, over our skis, so out of our element, so out of our depth, so random. Yep. That complete miscreant near to wells like Mike Flynn and Paul Manafort can just walk through the front doors of Trump Tower and run the joint. Yep. That to me is. Fu- now, now, let me get, make sure I make this point clear. I'm not warm, fuzzy about 
no. sinister collusion with Russia. No. But I'm at least that tells me there's an adult in charge. Yes. He might be a bad adult, but he's an adult. What you're describing is the reflex is a lonely child, Duran Duran, in a walking id that if literally anybody comes in and says, you're the hostess with the mostess, hey, what do you think about being a national security advisor? Want to run my presidential campaign? I can't. I can't manage that. Yeah, that's because I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to hyper or over spiritualize things at all. But you should be. You should be. Uh, that that should make you sick. Uh, what you just described should make any uh, person who has a functioning worldview sick. Because uh, the the opposite of because uh, our our worldview is one of of order. I mean, the, the maker of the universe who knows every hair on our head. I mean, that is one of order. What you're describing here is chaos. Chaos is anathema yes. to our worldview. And so it should be upsetting at a visceral level anytime, especially when so many, honestly, honest to goodness, that we're talking about the commander in chief here, so many people's lives are on the line. And this level of chaos and confusion, that is where our enemy does the great, his greatest work. When there is confusion, where there are no clear lines drawn, because if he was clearly a an evil mastermind, Doctor Evil, uh, or something like that, some comic book supervillain, at least there are some lines drawn. There's some order there where you know who your enemy is. In this case, it's just chaos. We don't know. It can't be known, and that's why it's an anathema to you. I would submit. I I think that's a far more dangerous proposition. Because here's the thing, it doesn't end with this story. How do we know the people working for him now at any point just show this guy some leg, tell him he's how great he is, and you run a presidential campaign? You're the national security advisor? How the hell would they not know? Did they not do the vetting to find out this guy is working for Putin and Irwin? They did not know Montefort's on Putin's payroll. Hell, one of the first stories reported about Montefort when he got the job was what? This guy uh, used to work for, was one of Putin's political operatives. I'm far more troubled by that. And I'm, I'm troubled by both of those potentials. Yeah, but remember, that's what I said, going, you, you are so frustrated, I understand why, about uh, Trump's uh, affinity uh, for Putin and how this is a self-inflicted wound. Uh, I... I said that may be so, but I just think this is Trump's just got some sort of infatuation. And I, I think that's borne out uh, that's borne out in this, these kind of hires. He's just, you know, so what? He worked for Putin. Putin, you know, he's not a great dude, but, you know, he seems like uh, I've met a lot of guys like this. I've met a lot worse. I just tell me tell me what Paul Manafort. You, OK, I'm, I'm not correct. No, I'm not no. arguing with you. Tell me what he did for them that merits that level of baggage. Do you know? Tell what Manafort did for Trump. in hindsight. That merit, yeah. Now looking at the way things all turned out, what did Manafort do that merit that merits that level of baggage? Do you know? Well, that can be said about a lot of people that had worked for. No, nah, I know. I know. Yeah. 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 What did Mike? Fl- what, what did Mike Flynn offer? There were no other no other ambitious generals at the Pentagon that didn't take a check from Putin or Irwin to hire. They were willing to say what Trump wanted to say at the GOP convention last July. Sure, but this is totally the type for Trump. I think this is just how then, he works. Then your narrative is that Trump's not a con man. He's the mark. That's your narrative. No, oh, well, you, 
but yeah, you've said as much before as you've kind of processed who this guy is. I mean, you said before I had killed for the strong man, but it's clearly he never was that guy. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he has been uh, a mark in any ways. And furthermore, I, I think, you know, listen, we're, we know Putin on some level did, did try to influence uh, election. And we live in the age of Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. I also believe that it's at some points even... Mueller's investigations aside, I think we something would have spilled by now. And I think everybody who's looking into this just keeps coming across stupid. I don't know what to think about it. So I'm going to do this nut crazy thing where I'm just going to wait and see how it concludes. Now stick with me now. All right. Hold on to your hats. Or is the great prophet Samuel L. Jackson once said, hold on to your butts, okay? I'm going to do this really whacked out thing where I am going to wait until it concludes before determining what I think about it. <laughs> we need more sound effects. I like this. Because we don't know, we don't know anything. We... Uh, we, we we don't know anything. True. But here's what's most likely again, I think. You, you and I sitting there back in the, before Aaron was on the show and at uh, that, um, the event, um, Bob Vanderplatt's uh, family leader event, where Donald Trump is speaking along with other uh, president, Republican presidential candidates and says that about John McCain. Uh, I, I like guys who didn't get captured. And you're like, oh, this is over. And it wasn't over. And people are like, oh, straight talk, take it to him. And it's all the way to the end. And Trump wins. So he didn't, Trump didn't know what he was going to do in that moment. Trump was just going to say stuff. Same thing, Trump said stuff, turns into something we think is going to turn into, you know, a possible impeachment. We're just going to find out that just like then, he was going to say stuff, and this is going to turn into a win for him. Because he would be, oh, he's bombastic. They're going to call him names. He's going to say, you got nothing on me. You looked as hard as you could. You got nothing on me. And he's going to be the winner in the end. Yeah. Uh, what's happened over the course of the last one or two generations is that um, words and emotions have traded places um, where your emotion, what you feel, is more important than what you say. And uh, in, in the realm of uh, circles of power, uh, it's no longer really about uh, obtaining power uh, or money. It's about obtaining dirt because dirt is the most, uh, I mean, dirt can on anybody can really get you anything that you want anymore. And so we're, we're looking at this issue and really any of these issues through a prism of moral certainty and trying to wait uh, and looking for the truth while everybody else in this has, is operating on a completely different paradigm. And it's maddening to try to cover. But as Steve just said, um, we're going to try to actually wait for all of this is over. For those of you who are listening, which all of you who are listening, we assume, want to know the truth. Uh, we're going to wait until this investigation is over to actually draw any any conclusions about what it means. Because right now, it's impossible to glean anything from any of this. Because... 
the paradigms that we're trying to operate in and everybody, almost everybody else that's involved with this story is trying to operate in are at odds, completely at odds with each other. So making heads and sense of it right now is really kind of a fool's errand. I mean, let me give you just two examples, Aaron, to reinforce what you just said. All right. So I'm looking at a tweet from this morning from CNN. CNN confirms that White House lawyer Don McGahn told Trump that National Security Advisor Mike Flynn lied to the FBI. Trump refused to fire Flynn until the Washington Post article exposing Flynn lying came out nearly two weeks later. Now, has CNN had some problems with their reporting on this Russian collusion story? Yeah, they actually fired some people for publishing fake news a few months ago. Remember that story? Sure. Okay. But the problem is when the president goes out, so I'd like to be able to just dismiss this given CNN's track record on this. But here's the problem. On Saturday afternoon, the President of the United States went on Twitter and said, I knew Mike Flynn lied to the FBI and um, I didn't, and that, you know, I, I, I knew that he lied to the FBI, but I fired Comey anyway. I mean, he lays out his own, he, lay, he essentially affirms the Democratic talking point timeline on why he fired Comey to com- and committed obstruction of justice, which then lends this report credence by his own tweet, despite how much credibility CNN has lost at times with the way they've covered this story. Then there is the story that came out over the weekend that Mueller removed one of the top lawyers in his own on his own team once it was revealed that he had posted a bunch of anti-Trump tweets or social media postings. Because that obviously that calls into question the politicization of the panel, right? Well, do you guys know who reported that story? The New York Times did. So are we believing the New York Times now? Because we don't believe them an awful lot, right? Where right. this story is concerned. Do you guys know when we believe the New York Times or not? Now you have Trump spending the whole day Sunday tweeting about a New York Times story when... When they publish what he doesn't like, they're the failing New York Times. Now they are telling us the truth. How do we know they didn't make up this story about the Mueller team? I don't know. They might have brought this story to Mueller and made the whole thing up, and Mueller fired a guy under false pretenses. We don't know. He said, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I don't, I don't know when we quote the New York Times on this story or when we don't. There's got to be a standard other than we quote sources that tell us what we want to hear at that time. There has to be, and if there's not, then I'm just not going to do a lot of media analysis because I, I, I can't abide that. There's got to be a different standard out there. So when, it, when, when is it okay for us to quote the New York Times or not? So if I go on my Facebook wall, the New York Times, if I, if, I, if I put a link to that New York Times story on my Facebook wall, let me tell you what's going to happen. Can't believe New York Times finally, can't, that came out of the New York Times, can't believe they told the truth. Then tomorrow, if the New York Times literally has Mike Flynn writing in an email, Trump ordered me to collude with Russia in July of 2016, and they print the actual email, some of the same people that will, that will affirmatively say to the New York Times, I can't believe they ran that story. If I publish that story on my Facebook wall, New York Times fake news. Why are you publishing the New York Times, Dace? Why do you expect us to believe that? That's not to defend the New York Times, by the way. They've earned their reputation as a progenitor of liberal media propaganda. They also they, had people fired. Yes. They've earned that. They've earned their rep. But the problem is we're in an era now where I don't know when to believe someone and when not to. 
because often the same sources we're citing telling us the affirmative information, depending on what side of this you're on, are the same ones we're citing, we're refusing to believe on the negative side. You see what I'm trying to say here, Todd? I do. It to- is mass confusion. I do totally, but the same the same guy who doesn't vet these guys adequately in the first place is the same guy who will fire a guy for whatever reason he wants to knowing full well the what the way he says it could be viewed as collusion but ultimately i think a guy like Mueller will look at a pattern of behavior close enough that he he the action itself and the words even defending the action can look like collusion but you steve you've been on the playground enough the acts of a bully and the words of a bully but once you get a little closer to home you just you're not really dealing with i mean yeah i've got plenty of experience in life confronting bullies yes but who illy he's not hard at the end of the day somebody who's really hard gets in his face and it's all over and i think that if I'm you, wrong, you I'm really, wrong. I'm you not really take- believe Mueller's going to come back with a final report that tells us Montefort and Flynn are who you thought they were, and Trump is just a random moron that I, was taken advantage of I, by these sorts of near-to-wells. I think that's as as likely as anything else. Okay. I'm not doubting you. I'm asking you. Yeah. I'm asking you. Because I, I, I don't know what to think. And I started... I the, don't. You know, I started there. I came a little bit closer to something... Uh, resembling a a crime that's certain not, certainly not a high crime and misdemeanor that would really take down Trump, but I just figured these guys were so stupid for so long that they tripped into something. But now, I'm I'm back closer to where I started. Aaron, you get the last word. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I find it interesting, and and this may or may not be uh, a fresh take here, but more uh, and more often. Every single story we talk about, we're actually talking about at least two different stories. We're talking about the story itself. And really, if we're going to be honest, if it's a big story like this, we're talking about three different stories. We're talking about the actual truth of the story itself, the media's reaction to it, and then the public's reaction to it or the base's reaction to it. And it's, it's exhausting trying to sort through all three of those. But I think what, what I, what's frustrating to me the most but I think it makes the most sense is when we're talking about people's just the average Joe's and maybe the base or the, you know, the activists reaction to any story like this, what you were just describing a few minutes ago, one day, uh, good job, New York times next day. Oh, it's fake news because it doesn't fit my narrative. People are really, really afraid right now. And so the only thing, so, so, so the only thing that's I, I think comforting to them is sticking to their tribes not thinking for hmm. themselves because that's that because that's the only certainty that's out there right now yes right? yeah tribalism yeah. that's that's basically it thinking for yourself and confronting being honest with the truth that's really scary and until there's some sort of a come to jesus moment i wish there's a word for that maybe revival or something we're going to keep on seeing this mass confusion amongst um every every element of every story and every issue that we look at and it's it's troubling but the best we can do is just try to be try to be honest make make as much of an effort as as you possibly can to be honest headline from the babylon b abc news reports trump nuked entire world later clarifies he just microwaved a burrito with brian ross's picture yes that's a good place to end it because that's 
That's where we are. Two years ago, I'd have never believed in a million years a guy with Mike Flynn's resume would lie to the FBI except to cover up a crime, or at least what he thought was a crime. But I, I've, I've just seen too many things the last two years just based on sheer random stupidity, egocentric um, Southern Hemisphere thinking from people who, um, because no one ever challenged him, uh, believe they're the smartest guy in the room all the time, that... I, I will leave. I will entertain the possibility that's true, while being dubious of it. A couple of years ago, I would not even have entered. I'd have laughed out loud. Laughed out loud, at the level of self-deception you have to engage in tribalistically to buy into that. But that, but, but and you're that was before 2016. Yeah, but that, we're all better off for it. I mean, the the current state of the nation. No, not better <laughs> off. But our 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 ability to connect the dots of our faith. Are, are, we're all the the wiser for it. We, we have eyes to see and ears to hear that we desperately needed, we clearly needed, and we didn't have two years ago because we just we did not believe what total depravity really meant, even if it was at our bottom line, hmm. in, in in terms of our, our our stated faith. But there's flesh and bone on this thing now that is so important to have. See, this is I, Todd just Todd just proved his own point as he was talking. This is a Catholic a waxing poetic about total depravity. I mean, that wouldn't would that have happened three years ago? I think not. <laughs> there you well, that's there you go. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. I'm sold. Yeah, which is exactly why I'm just going to wait it out and find out how it ends before determining what I ultimately think. Won't get me booked on any cable news shows or grow our followers, but I will muddle through nonetheless. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.